otherwise on SAFM. Now, Durban-born leadership speaker and trainer Dineshri Pillay launched her book, The Contract With Yourself, uh, in October this year. And apparently it's the most important contract you'll ever need. She joins me now on the phone. Dineshri, welcome to Otherwise. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. What an inspirational title for a book, The Contract With Yourself. How did it come about? If you think about it, I mean, we... We write so many contracts or we enter into contracts on a daily basis and the contract with yourself is unconsciously the longest contract you'll ever unconsciously sign so you might as well write it consciously how this came about i had a collection of stuff which i'm sure most of your listeners will uh, align to things like you know affirmations and birthday cards and goals and they were all in different places mm-hmm. and you know sometimes you watch a movie and you hear a quotation and it means something to you mm-hmm. but how often do we take that quote and we write it down somewhere because it's a lot of power in the collation of a lot of inspirational words mm-hmm. and so here I was collecting a whole lot of stuff in a whole lot of boxes and at some point I was running out of boxes <laughs> <laughs> and it came to a point where it, I had about six to seven boxes of quotations, Ooh. affirmations, birthday Ooh. cards, you name it. I mean, I'm talking about going back years mm. when I was in primary school. <laughs> and what I decided to do one day is to start collating this into an orderly system. So I got out my Word document and I summarized all the birthday cards from family, from people from work, those affirmations into the seven areas of life of spirituality, education, career, mm. health and fitness, wealth and building, its social involvement, personal and family relationships. And what I would do then is I had separate sections and it became like a little booklet. One section for my goals, seven areas of life. Another section of my affirmations, seven mm. areas of life. All my quotations, seven areas of life. When I ever read an insp- inspirational book, I would summarize that in the relevant section. Mm-hmm. And it's so amazing, the power of collating that into one source, where previously I had to set aside time to go and sift through those boxes to find something. Mm-hmm. Here it was orderly in a format that I can access immediately. And so here I was uh, writing this for myself, and I maintained this for about four to five years. I would, every time I came across a new quotation or some new acknowledgement or a new book review, I would summarize it and I would actually type this out on an annual basis and maintain it on a daily basis. And the idea for the book, I initially called it Planning for Life. (coughs) The fancy title, you know, the contract with yourself came much later. I was part of a group of individuals last year as part of the Professional Speakers Association you know, who could write a book in 30 days. And to be honest, I already had the concept for this book. It was just about putting it into words. And so, yes, I had the draft copy in 30 days and I spent the balance of last year editing it and adding more detail to it. And yes, that's the journey of the book. Wow, what a story. (laughs) And you know, all of us can identify with those quotes and other self-help books that we've we've seen. I watch movies and I also get a, a line out that I think is so gorgeous. And and sometimes they live in my head. If I have time, I put them on social media. And if I don't have time, I suppose they get lost in my head. 
So this is a really amazing way of bringing all those together. But you've managed to put them into categories, if you like. Yes. How, how did you how how did you know which were important categories to have in your life? And, and I like the first title as well, Planning for Life, because we never plan for this life. We just respond to it. In terms of the categories, I, I worked with my own experience in terms of what made sense for me. Mm-hmm. And categorizing it firstly in the seven areas of life meant made absolute sense to me. Then it was more or less looking at what I have collated in terms of my goals and affirmations and then finding a category to work that in. And my my two favorite chapters in the book, if I can go there, is the category of chapter one, which is an interview with the mirror. Because interview with the mirror. Yes, because I still want this book. I, 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 <laughs> I wanted to get it before I, I spoke to you, but I couldn't okay. wait, and I thought it was just an opportune time of yes. the year to to be doing this. So, interview with the mirror, because that is all about being honest with yourself. It's mm-hmm. about self acceptance and responsibility for whatever is happening in your life. And I take you through a series of exercises along that chapter to say, where are you right now? And it's just about ownership in terms of acknowledging that you're not suffering from any disease called justifitis excusitis. (laughs) (laughs) You're taking responsibility. (laughs) And chapter 29, which is all about self-belief, because at the end of the day, you can read all the books, you can go to the the talks, you can can watch the amazing movies, you can read the quote. But the biggest supporter is yourself. And in order to achieve success, you need to believe in your own ability to achieving it. So really, the book takes you on a journey of the seven areas of life and a series of exercises that you would do. And at the end of every exercise, at the, at the end of it, you actually have a draft contract with yourself. Hmm. What's with the number seven? Because with the amount of self-help books I've, I've, I've read, there seem to be the, the number seven, which gives you the rules and gives you whatever it does, you know, the s- seven stages, uh, seven areas of, of, of life, you call it uh, seven points to success and those kinds of things. What's with the number seven in life? <laughs> totally coincidental. It oh. has nothing to do. I, 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 the seven areas of life is something that I have researched myself. It mm-hmm. also comes from the teachings of Dr. John D. Martini, and I'm a firm believer of his work as well. Mm-hmm. And he also talks about the seven areas of life. So mm-hmm. it made sense for me when I was writing my own book to also align to what is known as the seven areas of life mm-hmm. and then to categorize it accordingly. Now, I, I, I realized you mentioned earlier that you can go anywhere. You can go to as many talks as possible, watch as many Oprah shows and read <laughs> as many books as you want. But if you don't believe, and I think the exercise there that I think ought to be in every book or every talk you attend is how to clear your mind. Because the mind is a terrible thing, you know. You tell yourself one thing, but it, it says something else. It almost seems as if there's two personalities. We're schizophrenic, most of us, because we know these things, but the performance and exercise and application um, is not consistent. And I think that's where we steer away from our contract. Okay. And the question? So my question is, how do we, how, how do we make sure that the, the, the schizophrenic us comes together and becomes one? And, and 
only receives the positive about ourselves because we criticize ourselves a lot as well. Um, and we always, the excuses that you mentioned, yes. uh, I can't do this, oh, it's too long, oh, I'll just think it in the morning and go and do something totally different during the day. So how do we discipline ourselves to 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 keep um, doing the right things or rather honoring our contract? I love the question. I talk about it under personal and family relationships in that section. I I really believe in the power of your thoughts mm -hmm. because what you think is ultimately the words that you utter out loud mm -hmm. and the words that you say out loud is the experience that you have in life Ooh. so in order to change your experience in life you have to first go back to the words that you are using on a daily basis and it's a little bit of an exercise and the moment you start seeing yourself saying things in a negative way or you putting yourself down or you're using words that are not strong enough so let me give you an example if you just, just hold like, that thought initially i need to go to the cricket but the power of the word i i want us to come back and get that example from you but uh, uh nasli jamanos is our eye at the test match between west indies and south africa nasli Thanks very much. Well, unfortunately, it has been called off for the day, which means this test match ends in a draw. It also means that only South Africa can win the test series now officially. And it'll go to Cape Town for the New Year's test match, which happens on the 2nd of January. So, unfortunately, it ends in a draw with the West Indies finishing their first innings on 275 for nine. They trail by 142 runs. Jerome Taylor on 10 is where it finished yesterday. We've had absolutely no play at all today. And that's after we had heavy rains overnight and the field was very very wet Mornia Morkel finished with four wickets in the second innings while Imran Tahir picked up three yesterday in the final session of the day Vernon Philander also was able to get one wicket to his name while Marlon Samuels made 101 of 160 balls Craig Brathwaite 106 he added off 186 from a South African point of view they made 417 for eight declared in their first innings which also added an extra two hundreds coming from Dean Algar and Faf Duplessis Dean Algar made 121 of 239 while Faf Duplessis made 103 from two 130 deliveries. So from uh, the point of view of the test match, very disappointing with the weather, but it means that now we move on to Cape Town for the New Year's test match. Natalie Germanis for SAFM Sport. Otherwise, on SAFM. My guest uh, is Durban-born leadership speaker and trainer Dineshri Pele, and we're talking about her book, The Contract with Yourself, and hopefully we learn some some valuable lessons, and she talks about it as the most important contract you will ever need. Uh, thank you so much for staying with us, Dineshri. You mentioned um, that what we say, what we speak, is, is actually what our experience is. That's right. And my example of that is, say you want to achieve something, like you want to write an exam, mm -hmm. and you say something to someone like, you know, I, I, I need to pass this exam. If you say the word I need, it's almost as if someone is forcing you mm -hmm. and you don't really want it yourself, mm -hmm. or I want to pass. All you get left with is a feeling of wanting. Mm -hmm. A mm -hmm. much more higher or powerful word to use is I choose to pass this exam. Ooh. I am going to pass this exam or I'd love to pass this exam. Mm -hmm. So the words that we use and the things that we say to ourselves, the internal dialogue is so critical as the part to change 
and ultimately the experience that we have in life. So you have to monitor that on a daily basis. The second aspect is to make failure your friend. And I also talk about this in the book. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because of our upbringing or what our schooling system is that we grade people who don't do certain things failure mm-hmm. and we grow up with a stigma of failure but actually failure is a good thing in my own experience failure is just feedback that whatever you are doing or not doing is not exactly what you should be doing mm-hmm. it's just fe- feedback and you need to use the feedback to grow so failure is your second step to achieving big things in life and the third aspect is the power of questions you see when things usually go wrong people ask questions like why is this happening to me or I'm a good person this should not be happening to me mm-hmm. and those questions are self-deprecating it's it's not opening yourself to new opportunities if you use questions in a more powerful way when things go wrong and you ask open-ended questions like what can I do differently mm-hmm. what are five things I can do differently from here on who can I approach what can I what can I read that will help me get to somewhere mm. and those type of questions now ask is like a question to your own brain to open yourself to new understandings so yes the three things which is the power of words make failure your friend and the questions that you ask yourself are ultimately important tools to moving yourself forward that's amazing you know um, and you if you if you are conscious now of the words you use and you on your way to um, expressing yourself differently but you have family members you have um, a partner and and they stay behind and continue to do the things that you're trying to get away from <laughs> how do you make sure that the people around you also enjoy this exercise to a better you to a better control better honoring your contract lovely question I really believe that as you grow as an individual, you need to pull people up with you as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And most people get to the top of a hill and they look down and like, you know, yeah, this is where I am and here you are. But put your hand down and bring them up with you. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important if you have read something or if something has inspired you in a certain way is to share that with someone else and get them to also attend courses with you and read the same books that you're reading Mm -hmm. because it is important as a unit to grow together it is the power of association ultimately and at the same time you will attract people with a deferring viewpoint to challenge you that's Mm -hmm. just how life is Mm -hmm. and that's a good thing as well because it's forcing you to look at your own assumptions and outlook on life and to really reflect on that and to find truth in it so whilst you are growing firstly associate with like-minded individuals they don't necessarily have to be from family you know a lot of people make that as a statement whilst it is good remember that you can also associate with people colleagues people at work people from say a, cl- a club or an association and that allows you to grow on that level because remember as an individual you're going to need all types of people around you family and non-family to help you on this journey hmm. now how do we then write this contract um, obviously we need to get the book because all the secrets are in the book of this contract that we need to write with ourselves and is it something I and just the value of the book is it something that 
uh, I don't want to use the word guarantee, but if you practice what is written on a daily basis, then um, your your goals may be achieved easier, maybe, or you may have a better understanding of what you want in life and what you want your life to be. Hmm. In terms of the book, I wrote this in a way that is so simple to read. It is written for any individual, men and women of all ages, who are looking for a step change in their life. You know, as tired of seeing life passing them by and wish to have more control of how they experience life. And so if this is you and you're willing to take action, then this book is for you. Mm-hmm. The way I've written the book, it's the chapters are deliberately short with more emphasis on you completing exercises at the end of every chapter. And as I said, ultimately that's starting a process of a draft contract. It'll just take you about 15 to 30 minutes a day, and you can choose any time of the day. The key is to complete every chapter. And why is this so important? Because there's something very powerful, I believe, about reading and rereading something that is typed in black and white. Mm -hmm. It's like a legal contract. You bind yourself to it. Mm -hmm. And I can go back to my own documents that I've written five, six years ago. And where I've said I I wanted to write a book and create online programs, I've actually done that now. There's a lot of power in writing and reading and rereading something on a daily basis and also refining it on a daily basis. So the key is just to start. And as I said, this book helps you to get started. Mm. And these are things, as you say, you can refine them. So uh, every year they may change or every six months they may change depending on how you feel and what you've achieved so really you you're doing this for the rest of your life hundred percent I mean when I look at some of the things I wrote years ago it constantly got refined because I reviewed it and tweaked it a bit and added more details so yes it is about constantly working yourself because as you grow as an individual and you start attracting yourself to other people and experiences you open yourself to new opportunities and guaranteed your outlook on life changes and so your goals get refined along the way let's go back to failure because it, it seems to be the, the the worst enemy as far as ourselves are concerned and as you said there's a, a mindset and one we need to have just this paradigm shift and, and and look at failure in a positive way as you said but how do we find the, pos- the, 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 the positives in failure do they have a name what do we look for uh, as opposed to be oh, I failed you know because again with failure I know we expecting results metric results in a few days and um, young people feel so disappointed when they fail uh, some commit suicide and you know it's a huge thing that is a good question to ask at this time of the year in that chapter I take you through a series of quotations from other people on failure and I reflect on that I can share some of that if you please, want please please Richard Bach says, you are never given a dream without also given the power to make it come true. Mm. And that is important with failure because we sometimes when we fail, we want to blame everyone else around us Mm. for what has happened. Mm. Either the timing or the money resources or the place or the people wasn't right. The teacher wasn't good. The teacher wasn't Mm -hmm. good. That's right. Mm. And I know this for myself because I failed my qualifying exam towards 
qualifying as a chartered accountant twice mm -hmm. before I finally passed that exam. And the first two times it was a lot of that, blaming others. But if I really look at the detail, it was actually my own fault in how I approached that exam. Mm. So that's why I like that particular quote, because at the same time that you are failing, you need to look at someone else that has passed that exam or is succeeding in whatever you are achieving and go and speak to them, find them as mentors and get their insights as to what you can do differently. There's another quote that I have in that chapter, which is from Randy Posh. And he says, brick walls are there for a reason. They are not there to keep us out. Brick walls are there to remind ourselves of how badly we want something. Mm. So when we fail on any level, it's, a, it's about self-reflection to say, do you really want this that badly? Because if you do, you will do things drastically differently in order to succeed. So my, my feedback on failure is that be open to it. Make it your friend because that is the only way that you will grow. And there's another principle called the Peters principle, which is you will plateau at the level of your, of your highest failure. In other words, you will not grow any further than what you are able to overcome. So in order to grow further, say you're failing matric as an example, mm -hmm. you will not grow any further unless you've learned how to pass that matric exam, mm -hmm. as an example. Mm -hmm. Or if you are going further and you're now employed in an organization and you're now middle managers, you will not go to senior management if you have not learned how to deal with failure at middle management level. So you'll plateau at that level. So <laughs> failure is, is part of life. And really, in order to go to higher levels as an individual and in your life, you need to be able to deal with failure. Dineshri, where do we find this book? The Contract With Yourself. <laughs> I think everyone's waiting now. Do they, where, just tell me where to go get the book. The book is available locally, nationally, and internationally. If they go to the website, www.thecontractwithyourself.com, mm -hmm. there's details as to how to purchase it from the um, Kalahari, the exclusive books, the online stores, which includes your ebook, your Kindle, your iBook stores, and you can just order it online as well. So, www.thecontractwithyourself.com. Dot com. And you can also, as listeners, provide me with your details if you're interested because I will be holding workshops on creating your own contract starting in 2015. When in 2015? February and March. Okay, so do you want to give us an email address then so that people may email you uh, to find out more about those workshops? Absolutely, it's on my website www.thecontractwithyourself.com Dot com, and my email address is my name, Dineshri, D-I-N-E-S-H-R-I-E, -E, mm -hmm. at Neospectives, N-E-O-S-P-E-C-T-I-V-E-S dot com. And as I said, my email address is also on that website. Fantastic. Listen, how are you spending your last day of 2014? You're writing something, I take it. 
Yes. How did you know? I'm writing an article. <laughs> well, you, you seem to be into writing, and, and the, the contract continues and has to be re, re, you know, shaped all the time. So Absolutely. I thought you must have pen and paper, or sitting at your at your laptop. You, you got me. I, I've got a pen and paper in my handbag, in my bag, in my my kitchen. My, you never know when an idea comes up. So I've got a pen and paper everywhere. Well, I. I look forward to whatever it is you will write next and thank, thank you. you for talking to us it sounds like an amazing book i'm going to go and get one thank you. and let's see how my contract shapes up and maybe i'll come to one of your workshops are they going to happen around the country or are they only in in where do you live I am based in Johannesburg. In Johannesburg. Yeah. So, uh, and you do do corporate e events as well, don't you? Yes, I do. Fantastic. Fantastic. Lovely. Thank you so much Lovely. and enjoy all the best for 2015. Same to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dineshri. Bye-bye. That's Dineshri Pillay. It sounds amazing. Contractwithyourself.com is the website and it'll tell you more about the book and how to obtain it. And, and how I think all of us need to have that contract and maybe our lives will improve and, and we reach our goals much quicker. When we come back, what, what is <laughs> Rob and Fearon will join me after this. HIV is a threat to women, men, and children around the world. MEC for Health in Gauteng, Kedani Masangu. The stigma and discrimination is still very prevalent in our society. Why? Because we still have a notion that human rights and my status is my secret and my secret alone. We need to go beyond the point for us to be in a position uh, to really say, yes, indeed, uh, we are going to conquer and fight HIV and AIDS. Be responsible. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Otherwise, on SAFM... Now, when I said I was talking to Rob and Fearon about what, what, somebody said, who is that? I said, Dwaki. They said, yay, we know. Rob, hi. Hello, darling. How are you? Shadow! Oh. Shadow! <laughs> I miss you. I love you so much. It's so wonderful to talk to you. I miss you so much, too. And I've been meaning to go and see what, what. But because I'm running around, I thought it, the best thing to do is to talk to you on the radio. Yes. Let's do it. Uh, I look out for you every single night. I look into that audience of faces. I'm like, where is Shadow? Dwaki, do you get that all the time, wherever you go? I do. I get, um, it's weird. I get lots of different things, actually. Dwaki is one of the big ones. Um, I get a lot of Leon Schuster. A lot of Leon Schuster. Um, I, either I'm like, hey, shucks. You're the guy who shucks Schuster, or... People just like cut straight to Yuli on Schuster. <laughs> I'm like, not quite, but I get where you're going with this. And do you have to stand there and kind of, you know, and, and entertain and check if they've got talent? Uh, <laughs> yeah, people are often very disappointed that I'm not as funny in real life as as they expect me to be, or they expect me to to pull pranks. You you be in one Leon Schuster movie, and everyone expects you to either be pulling a prank on them or be totally up for being messed with. Like, <laughs> the amount of people that are in the middle of the day, like they see me and then they're like, hey, and they're like, try steal my car keys from me or go like, it's so frustrating because I'm like, so not that person. You have an like, interesting life, eh? No, oh, it's not easy. It's not easy. But now I'm, I'm, I need to ask you this. Please don't tell me you've grown a long red beard. 
No, no, but I can't. I had to look for you and find you. There's no Rob, please don't do this. Please don't, <laughs> don't do this. At least now you you've got some kind of disguise, so you won't get. <laughs> How are you? Like the Savannah commercial. Have you seen that? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I, I look, see... I could never, I could never grow a beard like that. I can't. I can hardly grow <laughs> like a little uh, book barky. So <laughs> to to have that makeup and to do that full on hipster beard is like a dream come true for me. I was like, oh, I'm a real man. Oh, but it's so Feel beautiful. Testosterone coursing through my veins and making hairs <laughs> sprout out of my face. In fact, when we did the makeup test, I was so excited about the fact that like, I had a beard. I like this. I was like, listen, guys, I, I don't want you to take it off now. I just want to drive around town <laughs> a little bit. And I was like driving around town, my window open, like waving at people. And they're like, who the hell is this dude? Why is he so friendly with his big beard? I loved it. No, it's gorgeous. And uh, I think the ad is quite nice, actually. You know, I see a pattern here. I, I, I think that was quite nice. So tell me, darling, you've been busy. What have you been busy with? Oh, um, so much. So many things. Uh, um, primarily and most importantly, being a dad. Um, you know, let me say the- that. Let me say that. I saw a picture. I cannot believe that she's grown so much. So quickly, hey, four years has just flown by and it just becomes more rewarding and more exhilarating and more terrifying and more uh, incredible as it goes along day by day. It's just uh, an amazing, amazing experience and the best, by far and away the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm loving every second of it. Also, um, you know, it's it's amazing. Like just at this age, she she goes from being this really beautiful, uh, angelic, uh, lovable, in, incredibly um, kind of empathetic, uh, intuitively intelligent, like almost celestial being to possessed by the devil. In this <laughs> one second flat is like, what the hell is going on here? I was going to ask you, have you, how are you Apparently coping with that? The effing fours. That's what I've been told. Listen, and it's going to get. I'm going to give you a book. Remind me. It's going to oh. get worse because oh, they did. That. They didn't write books about this. And you know what? It's it's not getting worse. It's just that they get to understand themselves better. And yeah. you you are wanting to keep that little angelic thing you were describing now yeah and and yeah. keep keep it in those boundaries no let it go Impossible. yeah no let her teach you what she wants yeah i think that's what i've realized is it just gets more complex it gets kind of more layered and, and more complicated but at the same time uh it kind of exponentially more rewarding as well you know because of all those layers of complexity it it, it does become also more rewarding because you are obviously developing a a deeper relationship with this person as you go along and i, I, I love it i love it she's but so beautiful you know, she's so beautiful are you so are you gorgeous. are you going to get a little one again we are we're actually talking about it at the moment we're in the process of kind of um figuring it out mm. we um uh, uh we're kind of step by stepping through the process and checking out our options mm. we um mm. We definitely want to adopt again, but we've also got the option of possibly doing uh, AI. Um, we don't want to do a, uh, a whole uh, IVF mm, thing. Mm. It's just too it's too stressful and too kind of in- intrusive for our for our liking. Mm, mm. But I know um, Danny, my wife, would really like to experience 
uh, a pregnancy. So we we're looking at our options. We haven't decided yet, but um, it's coming. We're definitely we're definitely going to expand our little family and. Uh, just make it a little bit more complex and a little bit more terrifying. Because I think Very all she needs as well, she's tired of dealing with adults. So you need to find oh, yeah. a sister she's or brother. She's super excited. Eh? She's yeah. like, I'm so excited to um, to be a sister. I'm, I can't wait. And she keeps she keeps like changing her mind as to whether or not she wants a brother or a sister. But she's like totally into it. And we're also chatting to her about like, okay, well, we've got different options here. We could do, we could go uh, to... Uh, our social workers again and try to find a, a, a tummy mummy and get a baby like 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 you came to us or we can try and get a baby to grow in mommy's tummy mm. and she's like and then she's like well i think you should go for the baby in the tummy <laughs> and we're like okay well then we we need to do it in certain different ways because um we need to find some sperm because daddy's sperm doesn't come out oh do you have like, to go there with her yeah we've like uh, you know we've spoken to a lot of professionals about it to actually really figure out what is the best way because obviously when you adopt it it, it it opens you up to a whole new world of like okay mm. well what is the language that you use how do you communicate about this stuff what is mm. what is the best way to do it mm. we found out uh, through and through just tell them what's going on they they, they, they want to know what's going on and intuitively they understand what's going on mm. anyway you know so they they get it they totally totally get it so I mean, obviously, we don't go into too much detail. Yes, but, yes, yes. But she's like, she, she, she gets it. I mean, it was hard for us, you know. We, what, what can we say? And like, well, you can tell her that this is how babies are made. Like this, you need a sperm and you need an egg, and that's mm. how that's how it works. Mm, mm. Now, but, now, yeah. tell me, does she understand what you do? And I mean, does she laugh at your yeah. jokes? Because when you, when you, when you got her, she was a pretty little baby and just has grown into this family where there's this funny man yeah she's uh, you know she watched more theater in her first two years of life than most most people will will watch their entire lives and more theater and more more live music than most people will ever get the opportunity mm. to see because that's my lifestyle i'm i'm constantly at festivals performing and i'm at music festivals performing there as well or emceeing or hosting and things like that so mm. she she uh, and she's she loved it. She's totally into it. She, she was to, totally amazed and awed by by all of that. It's actually got now. She's got to the point where it's more difficult to take her to to shows because she she loses interest. When she was really small, she was kind of captivated and really she would just go there. Um, now we have to, uh, you know, it has to be shorter things and it has to be music. She can watch. Uh, Endlessly and ceaselessly, she, she, she watched the the soil at um, Kirstenbosch recently and loved them because she's like we. In fact, we saw when I was uh, in Edinburgh last year. Danny and and Beige, my daughter, came with us, and we the the soil was sharing the same venue that my production was, was sharing, and we struck up a relationship. We watched them a couple of times, and and Beige completely fell in love with them. Oh man! And so she got to see them again at, at Kirstenbosch, and that she can totally do. Well, and I take I, it. I take it she's not going to see what what. You know, she actually, strangely enough, she saw the first 10 minutes of it last night. Because she, um, she knows I'm, I'm working as a mum and I'm there every night and she's like, oh yeah, you have to go to work. She, she gets what I do. Like, we were driving in the car yesterday to the theatre 
uh, and she picked up this little wand from the uh, from the back seat, and she was like, "Dad, this is what you need for your show." And then she started doing the show. She's like <laughs> speaking into the wand as if it's a microphone. She's like, "Hi, I'm Rob from Furin. Uh, welcome to my show, the Baxter. Thanks, uh, thank you for coming. I'm going to talk about uh, like fish and dogs and things now." <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly what I need. Thank you. And then she was, and then because my wife and I had kind of we were in two different cars, and she was going to meet us there. And Bijou was like, "I'm coming." to the show with you. I'm like, oh, mom's going to come pick up. She's like, no, 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 I'm coming to the show. She said, who's going to be there? And I'm like, uh, well, I don't know. And she said, well, I, I might need someone to like uh, to sit on their lap. I can't oh just sit goodness. by myself. I'm like, okay, well, mom's coming. And she was like, totally, I, I have to watch the show. We're like, well, listen, it's not really appropriate for you. I family. know. Daddy uses some strong language and also it's long, you know, you're going to get bored. But she was determined. So she watched like the first first five to ten minutes and then they, and then they slipped out. Okay, so now we're running out of time. Gosh, I love talking to you so much. Um, tell us you about... I don't know what the show's about. What, what? That's what I'm asking. We're <laughs> running out of time because we started talking about other things. Um, uh, well, the show is, is uh, almost about everything, but it's kind of encapsulated in this... Um, in this what what phrase and what i love about what what in a south african context is that it can mean almost anything, anything yes you know it can be that word that you can't can't quite remember like oh blue pasta what what <laughs> or it can be used to describe bigger philosophical questions like anyone who's come back from a trance party or africa bird is like uh, you know like life just so fully what what <laughs> it can be used even in some extreme cases i don't touch him he's got the white one you know it's it's this wonderful kind of uh, rhythmic, repetitive, um, simplistic phrase that somehow captures the unknowable, the unnameable, and the indescribable. Mm-hmm. And I use that as a starting point to really tackle kind of subject matter that is difficult to pin down, that's difficult to just put a, a, a handy little kind of label onto. So it, it gave me the opportunity to really go to interesting new places from a comedic perspective, um, which is what I love doing with comedy and with stand-up comedy is really kind of pushing the boundaries of what we can talk about and what we can mm. post and how we talk about and what we approach. Mm. I, talk, I talk a lot about, um, you know, uh, uh, being a dad, uh, being a dad to an adoptive, adopted child, being, uh, I talk about love in general, I talk about culture and society, and I talk about death. You know the death of of my gran and how I've processed that, and mm. but kind of uh, how it all kind of ties together in the sense that we are all, every single one of us, no matter how disparate our our world views may seem, that we all have this kind of uh, collective sense of what what this this idea of something that is bigger than us that is hard to to just describe, and we kind of bound together by that through this through the unknowable through the unnameable and the indescribable and, and the ways in which we kind of try and try and make sense of this incredibly confusing what what called life called what what it it sounds wonderful it sounds wonderful i'm going to see you before the 10th because it closes on the 10th of jan eh? 17th 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 now three more weeks ago but it's always good to say the 10th because then Catherine goes oh well we've got to go now <laughs> so yeah it closes, it closes tomorrow it's there, it's there now. 17th and it's on now at the Baxter and every Monday to Saturday yes I'm there practically every single night it's a long it's a long haul I'm there I'm even there on New Year's Eve okay. we've got a special New Year's Eve show at like 10.15 
And then we've got a balloon drop, and it's a big party with the Joe Barber guys and Mark Lottering and, and myself. And, and whoever's mad enough to come to the Baxter on New Year's Eve. <laughs> I love you. I love talking to you, and my love to Danny, and, and I'll see you soon. Thank you, Shadow. Love Thank you, love. you Rob. Yeah, bye. bye. <laughs> That's Rob and Fearin. Oh, my goodness. What What is at the Baxter? So go out there and see it until the 17th or maybe until tomorrow, as he says.